Is there optimism not only surrounding the bullpen in 2024, but this Pirates team in 2024? Myself and Gary will talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates, brought to you by Sleeper. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith. To my right, as always, every single Monday is Gary Morgan. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every day. Again, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Hope everybody that went out to the ballpark this weekend had a very good time. Um, I heard there was a lot of big crowds. Obviously, that's what happens when the Yankees come into town as well, a good mix of fan bases, and overall a pretty fun series that featured three very good games, including yesterday's game where the Pirates had a no-hitter through five innings, which I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. We're going to just steal the thunder of the NFL some way and just pitch a no-hitter. Colin Selby looked great. Ryan Barucki looked very good as well. Andre Jackson, I was mentioning all these names to you before we started recording, that there's a lot of these names that people probably did not expect to be making noticeable impacts in a bullpen that started the season very strong and then in a similar trend that we've seen for past years kind of took that dip due to injury or just the league catching up to them. Now you go into 2024 and you look at starting pitching, obviously is something that we've said is a need that you're going to have to fix in the offseason via free agency, via trade. The bullpen could be there too, can never not have enough bullpen arms, But, Gary, how do you feel about the bullpen taking shape in 2024 right now with the different additions we've seen and the surprising play of some guys that we might not have expected to play as well as they have? I think they're just like you. There's lots of bits and pieces that have impressed me in different ways. Barucki and, you know, Jackson. And I think to some degree early in the season, Dari Moretta looked like he had something there. I still think he has a unicorn pitch, which sometimes can be enough to, to make a career. So I wouldn't rule him out yet. Colin Selby has looked good in certain aspects. I know his numbers aren't great, but the stuff is there. Kyle Nicholas is killing it in AAA since getting moved to the bullpen. And I could easily see him competing for one of those like seven, eight, nine spots. But for me, it all boils down to what the seven, eight, and nine spots have turned into this year. Carmen Majinski, Colin Holderman, and David Bednar have the potential to shorten a ton of games and a ton of meaningful games next year. So if they can get some starting pitching, which they're going to have to, that to me bodes well for how these games tend to finish. And you're going to get a lot of wins if you shorten games. Yeah, and I feel like that's going to be the Pirates' M.O. almost, just based off of what we know with what has been the winning formula for this team over the last couple of months of the season where they've played on a pretty good pace since the beginning of August is a lot of those games where the games are shortened, where Mitch Keller or Johan Oviedo go six or seven strong innings. And as you mentioned, 
Carmen Majinski, Colin Holderman, and David Bednar just shut the door. That that seems to be the best course of action for them. Now, obviously, some of that also hinges on the offense scoring runs, which is nothing that the pitching staff can really control. But when you can control it, the difference to me between good teams and bad teams is when it is in full control of that seven, eight, nine punch that you have, and you can pretty much shut down any game you want, you're just going to start tallying up wins in realistically easy fashion if those guys are on it, and usually they are. I mean, Bednar has had his moments this year, most specifically right before that Yankee series when the bases were loaded twice against him against the Washington Nationals, and he still found a way to get out of it. But he's still a top five or ten closer in all of baseball. I would still say that very comfortably. Colin Holderman has been one of the better setup guys in all of baseball this year. Again, he's had his moments this year too, but when you're pitching a lot, you're going to have those kind of moments. And these guys have pitched a lot of innings because the bullpen has had so many guys coming out of it. Now, other guys that I wanted to mention in this conversation too were Thomas Hatch and uh, Bailey Falter, who also have had decent moments since coming to Pittsburgh But those long relief guys, I think, are going to be a big component to this bullpen next year as well when the starter doesn't have that great of a day. That's something that I think the Pirates have missed a little bit from the bullpen is a long-term or long relief inning option. Do you think that they might already have that in-house as well with maybe, as you mentioned, a Kyle Nicholas? It could. Andre Jackson could be that. Barucki could be that. I mean, Rowanzi Contreras could be that. Ortiz could be that. I mean, I tend to not try to pin down the bullpen too much. I I think I stick with that 7, 8, 9 because I think all three of those are pretty much a lock to return. They're a good foundation for the rest of it. We also, how many times have we watched this stuff? Whatever seven guys they pick, eight mm-hmm. guys they pick, they're not going to stick together as a unit. No through the entire season it just doesn't happen so you want a ton of options and i think that's kind of what they've created i i wouldn't even roll out that they're going to go out and get somebody on the free agent market that's real like i think i think they probably need to invest in another lefty as good as barucki has been as good as perdomo looked before his injury you you have to have and hernandez even looks good the roll five pick that, that's all nice, but I think you would like to have something a little more sure. You'd like to have someone in that you feel could fit into that seven, eight, nine if a lefty made a lot more sense, right? Yeah. So let's not get hung up on necessarily who. Let's just talk sheer numbers. I think they have about 15 right now, either on the 40 or just off it who could all factor in pretty easily. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. That's before we even get to the level of prospect. You know yeah. what I mean? So you, you, there's no way to look at it and, and say, oh, it's not come a long way. The bullpen is in a good spot. The rotation, not so much. So they're going to have to invest there. That, that's really all there is to it. Yeah, and I think it's a good th- – and, again, it's a good thing because we know about the injury bug that surrounded this team this year. You mentioned lefties. I think a lot of people forgot we didn't even get to see 
Arlene Garcia, a guy they went out and acquired who was supposed to be that lefty option before Jose Hernandez took over that spot for the better part of the year. Does he come back? Now, I know it'd be off of an injury that he hasn't, but I don't think he comes back either. And I agree with you. I wouldn't mind if they go out there and get a household left-handed bullpen arm that can fit into that spot because there are going to be games where lefties make more sense. As you mentioned, there just are. And you can't throw out three straight righties if the lefties make more sense. I mean, you can, but you would probably prefer to have the option of throwing out a lefty that you can really, really trust versus a Barucki or a Hernandez or somebody like that, seeing as you want those guys to be more of middle inning relief. Now, what I do find interesting is on Friday's show that I did, I talked about spring training being the funnest spring training we're probably going to see in quite a while. And you mentioning that bullpen number, I think, only adds to that. Just because, again, you can't just say who's going to all be there right now. But you can also say you can quite literally field two bullpens at two levels and have no issue with it right now. Yeah. I mean, but you look at around the the field, I think you have those kind of legitimate questions. Like, look, you can say this team didn't make progress, right? But next year, I can't guarantee a spot for Nick Gonzalez. Can you? No. Next year, I can't guarantee a spot for Henry Davis. Can you? You think you can, but can you really? Really look at it. Like, think about G1 Bay in center, Jack Sawinski in right, Brian Reynolds in left. Yeah, if they're keeping him in the outfield. Yeah, if they're keeping him in the outfield, no. If they 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 moved him to first base, yes. They're not. Then they're not so, going I mean, to. like, Henry Davis is not a guarantee to make this team. It's it's that simple. Triolo, who's been pretty good, not a guarantee to make this team. Leo Verpigaro, not a guarantee to make this team. Alika Williams, certainly not a guarantee to make this team. So, you're talking about now good players not making this team. And it's not because they are failed prospects. It's because there isn't a place for them right now because they've built up the roster to a certain point. So, and that's only going to get worse. Termod Johnson's tearing down, tearing things up. Like right now, Chang is tearing things up. You're going to have Dario Lopez back next year. There's a lot more competition still yet to come. Everybody. I think while we talk about it being exciting spring, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a frustrating spring for a lot of people that have married prospects that are supposed to be this. Mm -hmm. I think you may find out that a lot of them don't end up being this. We tried to tell you that all along, but I understand why you didn't want to listen. But this year, you're going to see it. There's not going to be any more, oh, Gary's just blowing smoke. You're going to see it. Yeah, and it's going to be fun. I mean, it really truly is. And what else is going to be fun is the potential of the Pirates playing spoiler to two of their rivals this week as they face the Chicago Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds. Obviously, they are off today. How gracious of the Pirates to be off today when the Pittsburgh Steelers have a Monday night football game. How gracious of that for everybody in the city of Pittsburgh that they don't have to worry about watching the out-of-contention Pittsburgh Pirates or the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night football. But... For us Steeler fans, and this is a joke to start, but then the rest isn't a joke. Yes, take care of yourself while you're watching Steeler games, Pittsburgh people. 
and also take care of yourself after the backyard brawl on Saturday. That's all I ever have to say about all that stuff. But Jace Medical is here for you for serious medical issues, like serious things that are going on in your life. And, you know, Jace Medical is great for everybody that needs it. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes is to get a Jace case and to fill out a simple online form and, in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of our onboard certified physicians. Get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions, doctor-created and doctor-recommended. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Again, it provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind that you are not just hoping that you have the access for medication in emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication on hand, and it is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. So, as many people who watch baseball know, I don't have to tell you this. The NL Central wildcard race is crazy. You only hear about it every single day. It's fine. There's a lot going on with it. I believe there's uh, four teams that are separated by half a game, but I will fact check myself here. Yes, Arizona, Chicago, Miami, and Cincinnati are still all half game apart. The Pirates just so happened to play three of those four teams <laughs> down the stretch of the season, including the Phillies, but the Phillies are going to make the playoffs. They have a three-and-a-half game advantage for that first wild card. They're going to be fine. They're going to make the postseason. I wouldn't even think about uh, – the Pirates can play spoiler here. But I wouldn't even think about that more than I would think about, okay – how do they look against their NL Central rivals to end the season? Now, this isn't going to be the 2024 Pittsburgh Pirates. The team that you currently see on the field right now is not going to be the team you see on the field on March 31st, 2024. Will you see a lot of familiar players? Sure you will. You're going to see a lot of guys. And as Gary noted, you're not going to see a lot of guys. Miguel Andujar has played great this year. I wanted to add this. He ain't making a roster next year. He might. It, it, but it's a long shot. And if you forgot, going into this year, last year's offseason, we all said Andujar was a lock to be on this team. And he ended up being in AAA for 90% of the year. But back to the Chicago series. Um, interestingly enough, I'm sure it'll come out, but no pitchers are determined for that series. I'm sure it will come out later on. But the Cubs are coming off of a series loss. I actually watched the ending of it while I was watching Sunday Night Football last night. The Arizona Diamondbacks swept Chicago and kind of cemented their spot in that wild card spot. And then you have Cincinnati, who is also trying to just sneak in there as well. What are we watching for for these final 12 games, though, Gary? I would I would just opt and say health. Everybody just stay healthy, no offseason injuries. But what are we opting for to uh, see from these final Six games against the NL Central and then the final 12 games of the season. 
I mean, I think you, you kind of hit on what we what we need to look for in a way. Um, a lot of what you see on the field will at least be here competing next year for a chance to be on this roster in 2024. Well, let's see what they do. Because the Reds can certainly say the same thing. And the Cubs can, in many ways, say the same thing. Maybe not Cody Bellinger. Which, you know, pretty big piece there. But, um, you know, Pete Crow Armstrong will certainly be here. You know, a lot of what they've built will certainly be here. So there's no reason why you shouldn't play them as with an eye towards next year and, and try to knock them down a peg. Um, I just want to see them continue to play strong. They've really played this last 60 games competitively. They've, they've gotten their record up over 500 for that stretch of time. And they've done it largely without a starting rotation. So I'd like to just see them continue to, to put W's in the, in the column, get this record to a place where it's respectable, make that jump next year look a little bit less daunting. And I, I, that's what I want to see, competitive baseball. And there should be no reason why you don't see that. Yeah, and interestingly enough to add to everybody, the Pirates could go 500 in these final 12 games of the year and end up at 76 wins. For a lot of you, I don't think a lot of us, including myself, I'll say this, including myself, I predicted 74 before the season started, but once the rotation started kind of falling apart at the seams, I, I just gave up on the idea of even getting to 70. But as Gary said, over the last 60 games, they played very good baseball despite that. The offense has kind of taken a new look on certain things and good spots. They're scoring runners and scoring position, doing all the right things. 76 wins compared to what you had last year, folks, is a massive improvement. I mean, that is, what, 14 games better than they were last year? Add up the numbers again. Say they're 14 games better next year. Not saying they're going to be, but imagine that they do. You're talking about an 80, uh, an 80 no, no, wait, a 90-win season. See, I can't do math. But you're just considering that, as you just said, though, too, say they do get to 85 wins next year 85 and 77 that doesn't look like such a drastic jump from 76 to 85 that just means you probably did the right things you went out and signed a starting pitcher or two you maybe signed that bullpen arm that you were talking about earlier that can cement your left-handed uh, position in that bullpen with multiple guys and you probably just won games you were supposed to win. I spoke to Gary about it jokingly that my mom said G1 Bay is no longer her favorite player after Friday. Those games just kind of happen when you're a young team. But those are also games that if you want to be a great team, you have to win those games. You have to make those plays. And the Pirates have had those moments this year. And the NL Central especially, the NL Central matchups. We all remember the 0-10 stretch that sent this Pirates team into last place. Or close to last place. Sorry, Cardinals fans. I didn't forget about you. Um, but, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I mean, these games are going to be fun games, too, I think, Gary, just because the fact that they're against teams that are fighting for the postseason, so it'll give the Pirates kind of a sense of what it's like. 
Yeah, and they haven't lost three games in a row since July. I mean, like, you can say whatever you want. They have really fought for for this entire last third of the season. I, I just... I don't think there's any reason to expect them not to now. And and I think the team looking the way it does right now, it, it, there's there's really not a lot of negativity there unless you already wanted it to be negative. Like I predicted 76 wins before the season. I can tell I can count on one hand the number of people that didn't think I was insane. I'm not even saying sitting here looking with 9 games left I feel good about it. But the fact that it's in reach the fact that it's possible. Overall, Ethan, what did I keep saying this year? I said they would flirt with 500. Well, I would say nine games left, having it even possible, mm-hmm. is flirting. Well, they're, the ten, well, they're 10 games <laughs> under with 12 games remaining. They could quite literally still finish over 500 so or have at to say, 500. <laughs> you have to say flirting. Yeah. Right? And and I, I that's all I'm saying. And I, and I said you'd like the team better in September than you would in April. And I think that's the case. So yeah. they've done exactly what I thought they would. And I know your last segment is about optimism, so I'll shut up and let you ask me questions. Yeah, so we'll talk. As Gary just uh, buried the lead for me, we're going to talk about optimism for this team heading into next season and what we like the most. But if you want to have fun right now and uh, bet with – or uh, not bet – have fun with fantasy sports, you know, with your friends, with the MLB playoffs around the corner. Go ahead and have fun on Sleeper because you can win 100 times your money on Daily Fantasy Baseball because baseball has never been more exciting than it is right now. Playoffs are right around the corner. You could pick more or less on stats for these stars like Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna, and Mookie Betts, and those stats being home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and have fun. Sleeper's a great place to be. It's a very fun app to use. It's very easy to use. And I've been just messing around with it every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, Brian Reynolds will get over two hits tonight. He might do it. He might not do it. But bet responsibly as well, folks. I always say that. Um, I saw some of Yins, and I'll say it, uh, decided to go with FanDuel, or I believe it was FanDuel that did it yesterday, where some of you hit but never bet that again about every team making a field goal in the opening window. Never do that bet again. That is the sneakiest thing that could ever happen that just so happened to hit for all of you yesterday. Congratulations if you bet on it, but I would never touch that with a 10-foot pole. No. Uh, What I would touch with a 10-foot pole, though, is this Pirates team in 2024 that I feel like, again, there's more room for optimism with this team, Gary, I think, than there is for uh, negativity. We've mentioned the starting rotation and how it's non-existent, yet they're still winning games. The amount of bullpen arms that they're going to have available next year, hopefully if everything goes to plan. Guys like Leover Piguero, Nick Gonzalez, etc., potentially not even being on this roster to start the season. You look at O'Neill Cruz 
coming back 100% healthy. He was a preseason projected three-war player that the Pirates just did not have for all of a week and a half of the year. By the way, for what everybody – I bring that up a lot lately. If preseason projected 3.0 war just means wins above replacement, doesn't mean that the Pirates would have three more wins. I just want to preface that. Now, could they? Sure. But that stat is not just centric on, oh, so the Pirates would be 73 and 77. No, that's not how the stat works for just a singular person. So you put all these things together. And Gary, I remember a couple months ago, I forgot what we were talking about about spring. It might have been the pitching. This is before they do anything. This is before they go into the offseason and bring in anybody. And or even trade some of these guys for somebody, which I think is a very viable option at this point with the amount of middle infielders and outfielders that you have. So what is the thing that you're the most optimistic about heading into next year as we come to a close of 2023 pretty soon? Well, let me flip it a little bit because I think the thing people are most pessimistic about is that nothing will spend. And normally I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But in this case, heading into this offseason, I'm going to say nothing spending is a reason for optimism. Because this last year, they spent a little over $35 million bringing in two first basemen, um, two starting pitchers, starting catcher, and additional options around like Connor Joe and the outfield. You know, they didn't just like sit there and wait for prospects to do whatever. When they had holes, they went and filled them. And they tried to make the most of their team. So I don't understand going into this offseason thinking now they have fewer holes. They don't need a starting catcher anymore. They really don't need to go out and get another Connor Joe type outfielder type person. They need a first baseman and they need starting pitching. Those are the two big needs, right? You know they're going to bring Kutch back. Probably $5 million, Maybe four if he's feeling really nice. You know, yeah. So some number that's just not really. But he's not going to get. He's not going to get six. They're not going to give him three years or something. He's going to get one year to let him hit his milestones. They're going to tell him he has a reduced role. He's probably going to take a pay cut because he wants the team to win. So five million probably. That leaves you thirty million just to do what they did last year. On a team that is much, much more foundationally sound. Now you're talking about you need a first baseman. And I say that with a lowercase n because Triolo could play that position. Joe could play that position. I just don't think they'll rest on their laurels. I think they'll go out and get a first baseman. I really do. It could be Carlos Santana. But they're going to go get a first baseman. They're going to go get starting pitching. They spent $8 million on Rich Hill last year, folks. They're not afraid to spend a little bit of money here. I th- I think you're going to be pretty happy with what they do this offseason. I do. As long as you're realistic about it. If you really think they're going to go out and get Bryce Harper, you're going to have problems. You're not going to see that. You think they're going to go get Shoei Otani and, and be the ones to shepherd him back to being the, the 
pitcher hitter combo that he always was after his second Tommy John, you're going to be disappointed. But if you think they're going to go out and get competent starters, I think you're going to be very satisfied with what they do. And I think when you look at this base combined with that and the return of O'Neill Cruz and the evolution that young players do over the offseason, there is no single period in a player's development that is better than their first offseason after their professional major league debut. None. I just think you're, you're looking at some potential for some big jumps out of some people. Obviously, some will fall back. But overall, that's where I'm optimistic about, Ethan. I don't think they need a whole lot in order to improve next year. And I think they're going to get enough. So that's why I'm optimistic. Yeah, and I would agree with the sense that I think with starting pitching, you, I would prefer them to go get two guys because it makes your life a whole lot easier if you go get two reliable starting pitchers because then you're talking about Mitch Keller, Johan Oviedo, those two guys, and then one of Ortiz, Contreras, Priester, whoever that you want to pick in that five spot. That rotation is a lot better than what you're working with now, obviously. The first base thing, Carlos Santana wants to come back and play at a decent level like he did this year. Sure. Carlos Santana and Jared Triolo as a platoon at first base is nothing to shy away from, in my opinion, if you want to hear about it. But it's not that bad. The outfield, I don't think they really need to do much with. They could. I just don't think they need to. I think Sawinski is who he is, and people just need to accept it. He's a power-hitting outfielder that can do pretty good work out there and play different positions and he's going to have a high ops but a high stri- uh, a low batting average that's just who he's going to be but that's what baseball is now brian reynolds obviously is brian reynolds do you throw henry davis in right field i don't know do you throw g1 bay in center as you mentioned earlier that's all things they're going to figure out but i agree with the sentiment that you have too though this is the first offseason in quite some time where when I'm talking about it in the off-season outlook show that I'm going to do the week after the season's over, I'm not going to be mentioning every single position as a place of need. They're not going to need a catcher. They're not going to need a second baseman. They're not going to need a shortstop. They're not going to need a left fielder or a right fielder or all this other stuff. They're going to need maybe three things, folks. They're probably going to go after starting pitchers, one or two, a first baseman, and maybe an outfielder. I think that's a bullpen arm. Or maybe a bullpen arm. You can see a bullpen arm easily. But I'll illustrate what I mean with one player. Paul Skeens, all right? I think it's very clear that he's a top prospect in baseball for starting pitching. He has every opportunity to come up here and contribute to the Pittsburgh Pirates next year. But a serious Pittsburgh Pirates team, they don't show up in in February with Paul Skeens penciled into that starting rotation. And I don't mean this so that they can get super two and cheap and everything. I mean, like if you want to compete next year, you don't do that on the back of a rookie. You make that rookie earn his way up here. You make that rookie wait for an injury. You make him prove to you in AAA that he can't be held back. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous that you think he's better than he's not better than Oviedo. That's what you do to him. 
That's that's what this team needs to do this offseason. That's where I think they're poised to do. I don't think it's going to stop all of you from complaining that Paul Skeens isn't the opening day starter. But I think you'll find the wisdom in it once they actually do it. Yeah, and I think that's a great spot to end this show. I think this show, again, was great as always here on Gary Morgan Monday. By the way, my name is Ethan Smith, if you didn't know that after this time, for watching us for 32 minutes. You do now. It's right here. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates. By the way, make sure you guys check out Gary's Five Thoughts at Five and, of course, the Pirates Fan Forum on Thursday. I believe, I'm getting this right this time. It is the video on Thursday, the audio on Saturday, correct? Yep. There we yep. go. Yeah, so make sure you check that out over there as well. Are you doing the um, the pit show again this year too? Yeah, we're doing the pit show, the H2P podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports every Wednesday night, and the audio for that drops on Fridays. Nice. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. You guys have been great as always. Make sure you follow on Twitter, like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube. But until then, guys, my name's Ethan. That's Gary. We'll see you on the flip side.